Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the host of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Berizuki. Welcome once again to Growing in Grace. Mike Kapler here along with Joel Berizuki, getting together once again just to kind of enlighten ourselves a little bit with the scripture. Maybe you're having a tough week. I don't know what you're going through right now, but hopefully we'll have a little pick-me-up here for you and have a good time while doing it. Uh, We've got some interesting stuff we're going to talk about this time, Joel, going back to the Sermon on the Mount from uh, Matthew, starting in Chapter 5. Yeah, we're going to teach everybody how to live right. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to preach it like you've never heard it. No, we're just just Only because we're so qualified to do it. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) We're being a little sarcastic for those of you listening for the first time. You may not know us very well. Um, That's probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, last week we were talking about, and, and you kind of uh, spun off of what we talked about last week a little bit, about how so much of our Christianity, for many of us, our, our, our backgrounds anyway, consisted of always being told how to live and how to do it right. And really, that's not what the gospel is about. Um, there's there's benefits to living right. Don't Don't misunderstand. It's just that when you talk about living right, a lot of times we talk about it for the wrong reasons. And and we never really, everybody has a different concept or a different opinion or a different view of what living right is. And so we have all these imaginary lines, you know, that we we draw in the sand, like this is a line you should never cross, and uh, that one there, you know, that's not a big deal. And it always changes, you know. And, and that's, I think, one of the things that even frustrated me in my own life, Joel. I couldn't even... Um, meet the, the standards that I had set for myself, let alone the standards somebody else had set for me. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like what you were talking about last time about grading on a curve. You know, a lot of teachers will grade on a curve. You know, everyone's grade is based upon everyone else's grade, and sometimes we do that in our Christian walk. It's like, uh, okay, I'm doing this well, so everyone who isn't doing as well as me, they're not as good as me. And maybe someone's doing better than me. Well, gee, I want to be like that person. Uh, whereas, you know, God's grade, it's based upon complete and total righteousness, which only one ever fulfilled. Jesus Christ fulfilled that. And something that really got me in my early Christian life, something I just couldn't get past, and I'm thankful for it because it helped me to understand that I just can't do it, is when I would hear somebody teaching or preaching about uh, you need to live this way, this way, or that way, you know, talking about something that they read in the Bible, but yet you would see something in their life that didn't line up with another teaching in the Bible. And I thought, okay, if you're going to try to make me live this way, why don't you go ahead and look at this other thing over here and start living like that? I, the comedian Mark Lowry, he, when I think one of his comedy he kind of had a joke about this, talking about the gluttonous preacher. I mean, that guy, he'll preach about against everything but his own gluttony. Mm-hmm. And and I think we sometimes do that with our Christianity. But here in the uh, in Matthew, where, where we're talking about here, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus goes through a whole lot of things that perhaps can help us to shed a little bit more light on all of this. Well, let's take a look at it, Joel. I mean, obviously there's three chapters here. We're not going to dissect it verse by verse, but I think we can point out some things that maybe will help you to do some further study on on the subject of of what Jesus is talking about, which is is really what's happening here, Joel, especially the way we look at the Bible and the way it's divided up and 
chapters and verses and so forth, Old Testament, New Testament. Really, even though Matthew obviously starts the New Testament, Jesus, something you mentioned at the end of last week's show, Jesus was really a prophet operating under the Old Covenant. I mean, the New Covenant hadn't really begun yet because Christ hadn't fulfilled his mission yet. He was operating under the law and, and fulfilled the law, which is, of course, why we're, we were able to experience redemption through his sacrifice. He'd never sinned. He, he wasn't born into sin. He'd never done anything wrong. He, he, he actually fulfilled the law, which was the requirement that God had. You know, And so here we've got Jesus teaching something that I think we misunderstand. Much of what's being taught here over the next few chapters in, in the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, what Jesus is teaching is the law. And he's trying to reveal to the people the purpose of the law. At least that's, that's part of the reason for his teaching. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he even says so. I mean, you can see it right here in Matthew 5:17. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. The problem that you'll find with a lot of teachings on this these days is that people take that to mean, okay, Jesus is setting up this whole thing to say, see, uh, I didn't come to destroy the law, so we need to still keep this. We still need to keep the law. But that's not what he's doing. He, like you said, he's giving the law here, but it's not for the purpose that we think. It's not for the purpose of, of teaching us how to live. The law had already been there uh, for many, many years. Uh, Jesus was, I think, defining it even better so people would understand clearly, hey, this is really what the law says. And, and if you're going to live by the law, this is how you're going to have to live. The purpose of that is always to get a person to to understand, to think a little bit deeper and say, you know what, I just can't do this. Yeah, and and that was really his point through this whole thing. And if you look in, in Matthew 5.20, Joel, Jesus says, For I say unto you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, of course, there's nothing that you and I can do to attain to pure righteousness that that the righteousness that we have inherited is is uh, god's righteousness in us we've become righteousness because of the righteousness of christ and so jesus says look if, if, if you're in order for you to get to heaven i'm paraphrasing here um your righteousness will have to exceed that of the scribes and the pharisees or you won't go to heaven and well right away joel remember he's speaking to jews here who, who knew something about the law mm-hmm. and the commandments and like, we, like what we mentioned last week, these folks, I mean, you know, the average everyday Jew, they, they really looked up to the Pharisees, at least from a, a spiritual sense. The, yeah, I bet a bunch of jaws fell to the ground when he said this. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, I thought, what? How can our righteousness exceed theirs? Like I said last week, uh, a lot of people viewed the Pharisees and scribes as the closest thing that you could get to God on earth. Mm-hmm. And so how in the world, right away he had their attention, and he's just getting started, making a statement like that, well, where are you going with this? And so guess what? Jesus starts going down the list of the law and, and different aspects of it. You have heard it, that it was uh, said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. 
And whoever says to his brother, you fool, shall be in danger of the council uh, and in danger of hellfire. And, and so right away he's saying, okay, we know what murder is. You know what's wrong. And here's what the commandment says. But I'll tell you what it really means. Here you go. You ever been angry with somebody before? You're guilty of the same thing as murder. And he goes on a little bit further there where he talks about, you have heard that it says to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. That's another thing that might have helped a few people to think just a little bit deeper about their own supposed righteousness. Have I really kept the law? Hmm, you know, this this might make you think because, all right, you know, maybe I haven't physically committed the act, but look what Jesus is saying. It's, it's what's gone on in my heart. And that's where sin comes from. And, and, he, and he calls them equal, Joel. I equal. mean, that had to be the thing that was like, whoa, wait a minute. You're saying that me just looking over there is the same thing as, <laughs> hold on a second. I'm in big trouble if what this guy is saying is true. That's right. And so I think what you what you started out to say at the beginning was that this whole thing, this whole uh, Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, and, and everything that Jesus is talking about here isn't meant for you and I and and Christians worldwide. Once we've come to know Christ, see, this stuff is really meant to lead a person to Christ. Paul said in Galatians, that the purpose of the law, you know, the law was our tutor, it was our teacher, our schoolmaster, to lead us to Christ. And in that, he meant that it was our, it was, God put the law there to show us that we needed Christ, to show us that there's just no way we could ever live up to his righteousness. There's just no way it could ever be done. And Jesus here is, is magnifying that and really pointing that out to people the, the law was put there to lead us to Christ. Once we're in Christ, we're no longer under the tutor because the tutor has done its job. So once we read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and the Ten Commandments and everything else that has to do with the law, and we realize and we understand, I can't do this. There's no way that I, in and of myself, can do this. Then we come to the end of ourselves and we realize, man... I'm either you, you can come to two conclusions. I'm I'm hopeless. I'm going to go to hell. There's no hope for me, or I need something better, and that's the finished work, the completed work. Jesus said, "I didn't come to destroy the law of the prophets. I came to fulfill it." And you can trust in Christ's fulfilling of the law, and you have eternal hope. Mm. Well, and that's what he did, Joel. He just kept going down a list, commandment after commandment put a different spin on some of them because I think some of the commandments were misunderstood or at least not fully comprehended to the point where people were actually doing what the commandment even said to do. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's what happens here for like almost three chapters over and over again. And, you know, when you start out with your righteousness will have to exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. If you've been angry or you hate your brother, you're guilty of murder. If you've looked at somebody the wrong way, you're guilty of adultery. And, and he went on, you know, on and on and on and on. By the time he was done, I'm sure there were people, probably from the very beginning, but by the time he was done, people had to be sitting there scratching their heads saying, well, this is really different. What are you talking about, Willie? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't do this. 
I, there's no way I could live up to this. I can't, I can't do it. And that's what, G, that's the, that's the comment that Jesus was looking for. Mm-hmm. He was looking for somebody to stand up and say, wait a minute, can't do it. I'm not going to try. Because, you see, the, the reason the law was given, like what you were talking about, Joel, was to show us we needed Christ. And that's all Jesus was looking for, was somebody who would stand up and say, I can't do this. We need a Savior. Yeah, I think this, you know, in a sense, this is kind of the long version of, uh, of, of what Christ told the rich young ruler. You know, he said, you know, how can I obtain eternal life? And, and Jesus said, well, you know the commandments. You know. You know what to do. You know all these things. And, and, and the rich young ruler thought, yeah, okay, I've done all that. You know, I've done all that since I was a youth, since I was young. I've done all that. And, uh, and, Je- <laughs> and Jesus said, you still lack something. And, and Well, you know the story, the rich young ruler. And the guy went away sad. And it, it, I, what I like about Jesus is that he didn't always, in fact, a lot of times he didn't have the need to explain it all fully. He let this sink in to some people. And, and sometimes I think people need to let it sink in and... It's it's just a wonderful thing when you finally throw up your hands and say, I can't do it. And you know those rulers, you give them an inch, they'll take a foot. <laughs> those rulers. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, hey, we got to go for this one. I'm, I'm Joel Brzezinski, along with Mike Kapler, and we appreciate you being with us. If you want to get a hold of us for any reason, graceroots.org, a place to go. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Baruzaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. 